from that's not how we expected that game to go to well, that's not how we expected that game to go. If it happened this week in the Eastern Conference of the United Soccer League, we've got you covered. Uh, hey, everybody, this is uh, Eastern Conference Confidential Episode 21, um, the first, only, and best podcast about the uh, the Eastern Conference of the USL exclusively, almost exclusively. I'm your host, Evan Valella, joined, uh, as always, by the best thing to come out of the Carolinas since Ric Flair, Ryan Allen. Hello. And the uh, the not quite self-proclaimed only because I'm the only person that's calling him that, but hopefully it catches on the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Phil Grooms. What's up? Keeping it wavy. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it. <laughs> I need you to say that every week now. Keeping just, it wavy. Just keeping it wavy until people get mad at us on Twitter for, for doing it too long. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. We'll talk about that. Yeah, later, yeah, yeah. And then we'll just and then we'll just keep going. Um, <laughs> guys, how's how's it going? Um, happy happy belated Fourth of July, all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, you know it's actually good that we are recording a little bit, you know, after Fourth of July because right, right no across the highway from me is the biggest fireworks in St. Louis. So there you go. You, you would hear it, I promise. <laughs> oh, I would almost want to. Ryan, yeah, yourself it might be fun. How are the festivities? Doing pretty well. Of course, I took in a, an American classic of Joey Chestnut eating 72 hot dogs mm. in the hot dog eating contest. As you do. And as you do. It's an American tradition. <laughs> it, at this well point, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rocky movies and watching a bunch of people commit gluttony on a, on a live stage. On I was always interested in seeing like, how many things people could eat in so time i think it said chestnut had like 64 deviled eggs in like five minutes or so that's Ugh. too many that's so much mayonnaise <sighs> ouch um it was, it was something like that i can't remember but it was yeah, just yeah. like it it was like something ludicrously insane <laughs> right anyway uh gentlemen I'm, I'm sure you know but for people listening who are very confused as to what we're going to talk about now uh, which is a great segue. Um, week 15 in the USL season <laughs> happened. We're about halfway through. I think after after this week, we will literally be halfway through. Yeah. Um, yes. But you know, halfway point of the season. So let's uh, let's let's talk about the games that were starting with uh, with Phil St. Louis FC losing one nothing to the uh, the Baby Bulls. Yeah, this one was um, a more of an outlier despite the loss. Uh, so like created some chances this time actually. Uh, 13 shots, three on goal for St. Louis. That's still losing to the Red Bulls. With they had mm. 21 shots with six on goal, but the fact that we were able to get more shots and um, some easy finishes, some uh, moderately easy finishes missed, uh, gave me a little faith. Until you know, we, we'll talk about the next game after the sure. later in the episode. But it was <laughs> it was a nice change of pace, even though they lost. So. Mm. Uh. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, watching, uh, I think I caught the first half or so of that game kind of on uh, on two times speed on YouTube, which is my new favorite feature. Um, but even watching the, the highlights a little bit to kind of jog my memory um, earlier today, Adam Grinwis with a couple nice saves. Yeah, and actually, um, he's been amazing ever, ever since he took over. And the mm-hmm. one goal was, I mean, he stopped it. He had to dive full out for that stop, and he didn't hold it. Um, so you could fault him for that. Um, sure. You know, the rebound is what, what ended up being the game winner. But um, he's been, you know, he's been killing it. The last game that we, uh, you know, we drew, he it was only because of him. That was about it. So, Ryan, tell me some tell me some stats. Blow my mind. 
I definitely give props to St. Louis for this one. I mean, New York is a very good side, currently fifth in the league in goals at 25, tied for Sacramento, and also fifth in the league in shots compared to St. Louis being last in the league at 118. And they had 34 clearances on the night, all of which came down, or it came from within inside their own box. I mean, they're very good defensively, but no shame in losing to, I, I guess it's still a bit late in how to call them the defending champs, but... Well, they're still, Brandon Allen you know, still, still the reigning and defending until someone takes it from them. So. True. And Brendan Allen is a good player with his ninth of the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, and in the intro, when I said... The first time this isn't how we thought this game was going to go, and I kind of sounded surprised or tried to. This was the game I was talking about. Uh, Toronto FC 2-3, which is still really tricky to say because it's it's a two-team, but they scored three goals just in case. They do have a Toronto FC 3. It's, it's, oh, it's true. It's true. true. Okay. The, the second level of Toronto FC teams, meaning the one that plays in USL proper, three, Harrisburg City Islanders, four. Um, this blew my mind. Uh, this was, so this was during the, the rain delay that Bethlehem and, um, Richmond had. So I just kind of watched it, uh, in the press box and, um, the amount of people both with the club and, and not that were confused and almost upset at this result was, uh, was exciting. Yeah. Something... yeah it was weird. I mean, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. Oh, I was wait. just saying it was weird. I mean, it I was predicting nil-nil and thought both these yep. teams would struggle on offense, but it turned out both teams struggled on defense. Yeah, and something to keep an eye on. Someone I found it on Twitter. I wish I had written down who it was so I could quote them properly, but someone wrote on Twitter that they people need to keep an eye on the USL squads that are Canadian because uh, mm-hmm. they're all well below the quota, the quote quota that of Canadians that have to play a certain amount of minutes every season. Yep. Um, they said Vancouver's a little below, but they said Toronto was far below. And so my thought was maybe that's why, um, you know, ex-St. Louis goalkeeper Mark Pace didn't get a start, even though he's considered kind of the number three for the senior team. Um, mm-hmm. I thought maybe that was why. They might have just rested him too, but something to keep an eye on either way in the, in the Canadian teams up there. And it's it's one of those things too where it's it's minutes based, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like in theory, if they played you know six Canadian guys a whole game, that's you know a stupid amount of minutes in in one go. So maybe one of those things where they kind of back end the minutes and uh, and try to play competitively, you know, with the non Canadian guys they have or something between them. But yeah, no, yeah, definitely a good you, point. If you. Yeah, and if you talk to um, – I a couple seasons ago, I talked to Simon Fudge in the Vancouver area for goal. He writes for goal. Um, you know, Vancouver kind of has this thing going where they own almost every academy across Canada, even into yep. Ontario, which is just yep. crazy. And so it's almost fair to a team like that where they're going to monopolize all these kids. Uh, they, they're going to need to play those Canadians and not just try to throw, you know, they should mm-hmm. have some kind of responsibility to all these teams they're owning right now. So, It's Ryan, definitely more of a that. substance of development over to Toronto being so low. Oh, does the same rule apply to Ottawa, who is a semi-independent, more affiliated side? or Phil? I don't know. I don't. Uh, well, yeah, the rule applies. That's a to good them. question. But it I, wasn't brought up in that article. Yeah. So interesting. 
I think that's an, that's a every Canadian team has to abide by that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I think it's sort of like style. how uh, cool. you know every Premier League team needs to have X amount of English players on their well, team. Well, Manchester City doesn't stuff. follow that rule. They have more foreign players than hey, they do sh- English. Sh- it's not about the number of foreign. You just have to have like four English guys. We're we're good. That's why you sign Raheem Sterling. Eh, Tottenham's okay. I'm fine with um, that. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of the rain delay, Bethlehem and Richmond did play a game. Um, terribly officiated to the point where I don't mind talking about this because there's not a whole lot that can happen out of it. Um, the uh, the USL operations people and pro had to have a little bit of a uh, discussion about what the procedure for uh, post-match interviews with referees is. Um, that being said, uh, you know, if, if Bethlehem finishes a couple chances early on in the game, this is a 2-1 goal. Um, 2-1 result for Bethlehem. They do keep their unbeaten streak up to six. Uh, Aaron Jones scores a beautiful free kick in the 51st minute. Um, just a really sloppy game. Uh, two red cards. Hugh Roberts, who will actually miss the game... Um, against Red Bull this weekend. Corey Burke uh, is out for two games now. Uh, One due to yellow card accumulation and another one due to getting a red card in in this match, but he will be with with Jamaica, so he will serve those um, in a bit of a ghost role because he won't actually be around. Um, That's crazy. You get to count those. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, cheating the system a little bit, and Mm -hmm. and, uh, we're not going to miss him any more than we already will, which is a lot, granted, but, you know. Um, it begs the question: gets, Do you think he did it on purpose after that first red came out, and he was just like, "F it, let's just so do it after over with." Well, so it's funny because, for as you may be, you may know, it's uh, the the yellow card accumulation suspensions are five and seven. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he missed the the first yellow card he got was five, and then he got a, a second yellow for a red, so he misses two games. And then coming back, it'll be tricky because if he gets another yellow, it's seven, so he misses another hmm. game. Um, hmm. And you have to pick up the fouls in USL. Like, he can't get a yellow for Jamaica and have that count. It doesn't work that oh, way. Oh, sure. Right. Um, Same with Open Cup. Right, right. But, you know, it's one of those things where he's not going to be here for the next couple of weeks, at least, you know, four or five with Jamaica anyway. So, um, not the biggest, biggest loss in that aspect. Hugh's another story, but... Um, yeah, no. Listen, you know, Bethlehem keeps some really good momentum going. They have uh, New York and then Pittsburgh and then um, Richmond again, actually. Uh, but, you know, it's still, you know, it's a 1-1 draw. It feels like a win because you go down to nine men. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. That being said, um, in a in – a, well – yeah, in another... Oh, this isn't how we expected this to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Charleston kind of sneakily get a 2-0 win against Tampa Bay that was actually really close um, throughout the game. I think 2-0 is a little deceiving of a scoreline. Um, Romario Williams scores in the 70th minute, his 14th. Um, we'll talk about this a little later, but if he doesn't start for Jamaica, I don't know what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Hyval uh, Cordovez in the 80th. Guys, thoughts on on this one? Just Romario Williams. It was the game to watch, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just Romario Williams. Man, you know what? Again, we have to... I'm just still a little curious. You guys have sold me, so I'm 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 pushing this a little hard, but 
I'm really curious what they'll look like with Mario Williams out. Um, I still think they might keep winning. Uh, I think so. Is, well, we'll touch base more on it later when the questions or mailbag yeah. comes up. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. I thought this game was at least very good for Charleston. It continuously proves why they're atop the Eastern Conference. They led the match in 10-9 shots, but they held the Rowdies that two-thirds of their shots only came in the second half, having their defense just play almost lights out for the first half, and they were rewarded with the shutout tonight. It is so frustrating to play a team like Charleston Battering own the whole game. You know, I can only assume by looking at possession how maybe Tampa Bay felt like they might be in control, and then and then what happened happened in the 70th and 80th first minutes. I mean, that's I, I'm interested to listen to unused substitutes just to hear somewhat of the frustration. I haven't listened to this week's episode yet, so I'm curious about that. Mm. And, uh, man, I feel bad for them a little bit. But they've uh, yeah. they've gotten the monkey off their back. You know, right now, it's, I think it's still 2-0, right? Have you guys seen it the last score? Yeah, yeah, I just, it, I just so. checked. Um, looks like since he's trying to get back in the game and, and getting some shots in, but it's still still 2 nothing. Yeah, Tampa Bay has definitely um, um, plateaued in recent weeks. And I think winning against FC Cincinnati here can at least hope and sell a bit more confidence. But it, it, this need, something needs to happen to start turning around the team here. One mm-hmm. win over FC Cincinnati. The team that's on the edge of the playoff race is good, but it's you still, if you want to compete for the conference title, you need to earn these victories against the Charlestons, against Tampa, or not against Tampa, against Louisville's, against Charlotte's. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Um, Very true, and, well, and you know, I just, no, I keep, I they're one of those teams where they came out so hot. They're one of the teams that I just thought was going to make it, the whole season you know just like charleston's holding on plugging away um you know i thought the rowdies were going to be right up there with them so it's interesting to see this obviously super talented team have a rough go of it and so maybe a little faith for uh teams like mine um in the future (laughs) because i mean can you really think precky's gonna screw up the rest of the season that's gonna look Mm. real bad if he does can you uh and, and it's funny, um, actually, Phil, you mentioned unused subs. Um, and on my commute into Bethlehem last weekend, I listened to their podcast, um, which uh, really this is what the network is best for, is if you need road trips to go to soccer <laughs> games, you have plenty of content. Um, but they were actually that. talking about how, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were talking about how their squad size has shrunk a bunch since the beginning of the season and even compared to the last couple of years. And they were wondering if, if that's impacted them at all. Um, because, you know, a bunch of those guys that they have on their team, you know, Marcel Schaefer, Joe Cole, aren't getting any younger. Um, you know, but when you only field 18 guys, it's not like you can give those guys a, you know, a rest every week and, and stuff like that. So, um, we'll definitely be interested to see, you know, how they feel about, um, the Hounds game and, and uh, and this one against Charleston uh, for sure. It's it's kind of the nice thing about the network is we can sort of cross reference <laughs> other podcasts of guys that know what they're talking about. Um, Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Louisville two, Ottawa one. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward, all things considered. Um, you know, Stephen Dos Santos gets another goal. He's been kind of hitting it hot recently. Just just not getting a lot of help, um, which. 
I think might be one of the the biggest and sort of most accurate criticisms of Ottawa is that they're kind of just you know they're a one guy club, but they don't even have you know like a Michael Chang or uh, uh, Forrest Lasso or kind of guys like that that can that can anchor down other parts of the field. Uh, I think you said it perfectly. That's exactly what I would have said. All yeah, those just <laughs> a solid victory from Louisville. Brian Ovi, Brian Ovi in the 14th, Luke Spencer to put him up two in the 71st. I mean, Fury with slight possession on the road, but they only had one shot on target the entire night, and it was the goal. In fact, the big thing I took away from this yeah. night was Louisville <laughs> with 52 clearances, which I've gone through most of the matches in the East, and that has to be the highest total for any team in clearances in one match. And this was spread across both halves instead of just parking the bus past the 71st. So this was like shutout defense mm-hmm. all night. It's a shame that they that DeSantis scored the goal to break the clean sheet. Looks Especially like three late, in the back. So I'd like to hear they? more about no. that. I don't know if oh. that's true, but it looks like it looking at the lineup here. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to someone about that. Find out go what they're doing. Um, I know what the, I can I can back up the, with this. If they did go three in the back, I know they had a lot of guys suspended at the very beginning of the season, left over from the playoffs last year, and um, the everyone there was really confident because their captain from the previous year was the first bench center back uh, this wow. season. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so they're sitting pretty in center backs. Maybe that has something to do with it. All the well, and, and and that's such a good home club too um and i actually mongols talked about it a little bit um on their last episode it's the cross reference (laughs) episode um but i i think uh i forget who it was it was either kevin or or mike um it was one of the sparks um but they were kind of blown away at the attendance of louisville um and i think they're one of those clubs where they average really high as well but they don't get maybe the same attention just because there's another club that gets, you know, 25,000 every match. Just but, down the um, river. You know, a uh, little shy of little shy of 8,000 in Louisville, and that's a, um, a baseball stadium that was built for that soccer team, actually. The mound itself kind of has a, a platform that it drops in, and it's, it's, a, it's a really good setup for those guys. So, uh, you know, it's good to see they're, they're making it count. They're a tough team to play yeah, at home, I'm, for I'm, sure. Yeah, and no, I'm sorry. They 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 put out those those stadium renderings. If they got their own soccer pitch, that city, I think has that would rally around the, the club. potential to get not as big as yeah, exactly. Because I mean, there's nothing else there except for college sports, and so if they become the most prominent um, professional Pro team. team in the area, it could be like, the Portland of that USL. could really take off. They already have. I yeah. completely agree. You know, especially if someone like Cincinnati leaves, they could be right. pretty high up there. I, mean, I remember a few weeks ago I when they were announcing the stadium renderings and every team was submitting MLS bids that they said, what's wrong with what we're doing? Or I, One of their supporters groups published a notice basically saying, what's wrong with what we're doing now? We can be a very dominant force within this league. We can be the best of our abilities. We should be mm-hmm. happy where we're at right now. In fact, I'm looking at um, Mike Ponotin's um, attendance tracker for Week 15 on Twitter, and Louisville is third in Division Two teams and in the league itself, only behind Cincinnati and Sacramento, averaging 8,000 a match this year, and that's up 11% from last year. Again, shout out, sh- shout out to Mike Pendleton for shout this. Shout out. There you go. Very awesome information. 
man does good work. Yeah, that's crazy. Good, good on, uh, good on Louisville City. Definitely not just you know maintaining a fan base, but a ten percent growth one year to the next is uh, mm-hmm. is massive. It absolutely is. massive. Uh, last game of of the fifteenth week before we move into the sixteenth, which has already started. Charlotte two, Rochester uh, one. Um, yeah, you know, good Charlotte, another team kind of quietly moving in a, in a positive direction. Um, David Estrada gets a brace um, while fall converts for the Rhinos on a penalty kick a little bit after an hour. Um, yeah. So you know, two teams save. going in opposite directions. Yeah. I saw a great save from Charlotte's uh, goalkeeper, Mizell. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, is that, do you guys know much month, about, by the way, right. Yeah. So do you guys know much about Charlotte? Is that, is he a big reason they're doing so well? I know uh, the Martinez brothers looked pretty good against us. Yep. Um, yep. but otherwise I wasn't too impressed and nothing flashy. Maybe they're just kind of solid pulling out wins. I, that's what I've what seen in I, recent weeks. I think weeks. that's, a f- yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. They're just kind of a very solid, they're kind of like what I think a lot of people expected Ottawa to be in a way where they're just, you know, yeah. there's not too many big names there. They're just really, really solid, and those guys really gel well. Um, I will say, you know, Mizell, um, thank you, Nick Murray, for the stats, posted a, a .80 goals allowed this Ooh. this last month in June. Um, and anytime you have a guy putting up less than a goal a game and you have, you know, the Martinez brothers and David Estrada and um, a couple other guys that can bang in goals, then you're you're probably, you know, set. For, for a yeah, May and June has been really good to Charlotte this year. Mizell has been, I think, their only keeper of the season. He's one of the reasons why they're being so yep. successful. But then you add in the Martinez brothers, David Estrada, who had both goals in this match against Rochester, Jorge Herrera as well, who scored twice against Pittsburgh in this upcoming week. It's just it kind of just capitalizes on all that, that they've put themselves as the third team in my ELO power rankings at a point where they were as low as 12th at the early portions of the season. So they've definitely been on the climb. And if Louisville or Charleston were to slip up, they could easily find themselves in the conversation to be in the top two. Mm-hmm. They got to keep it going. I don't I don't have the faith that they're going to keep it going, but they sure are doing it right so far. And so props to them for that. And, and maybe Fair it's enough. just, you know, previous bias that's that's pulling me out right now. I don't know. They did win the first <laughs> round rematch against uh, Rochester, which was this past week, finally beating them. Yeah, exercising some demons along the way. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Good thing that we ended with Charlotte because starting week sixteen, a July fourth matchup in uh, in Highmark Stadium, um, Pittsburgh loses one to three to the Independents. Uh, Enzo Martinez grabs one, and then uh, Jorge Herrera with uh, with two. And uh, oh, uh, you know what? And and you know what? Pittsburgh lose, but um, Siobhan Walsh quietly becoming a really big piece for the Riverhounds gets another goal. It's uh, like two and two for him. Um. Yeah, I uh, and and Phil, we were talking about it a little bit before we went on air. Pittsburgh's kind of switching up their tactics on us, and it's not working out too well. No, it's not. And and, and yeah. I thought it was a good idea. What they switched it up against? Uh, who did they take out by bunkering? Was it? Yeah, Tampa it was Tampa Bay. Bay. It was Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay last week. Mm-hmm. I, 
And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a little bit. I, I'm really Mongols didn't talk about it enough. I got to give them some crap because I was assuming they bunkered <laughs> a little bit uh, and they didn't answer my dang questions. But um, yeah, yeah, Mike, what the hell? <laughs> um, but that's the, that's the know, title of the episode, by the way. It's one thing to to bunker against Tampa Bay, and it's another to, to bunker against Charlotte. And so, you know, Rochester is a really right. defensive team. And right. while Charlotte, when they beat Rochester uh, last week, they you know the they did own the ball a little bit more than Rochester. Um, you know, you can't bunker a defensive team, and and Charlotte's not defensive, but they're kind of a fifty fifty anyway. I think mm. everyone gets the point. You know, I don't know if that's the right, right. tactics, and and whether well, they're even doing that. So. And Ryan, I don't know if you could you could back me up here at all with with anything, or even if you know after I'm done talking, you want to completely ignore me, <laughs> which is totally fine, and, and talk about another point. But I I think what Coach Brandt is trying to do in Pittsburgh, which is like a like a merit based like a merit meritocracy, like a merit based kind of you know the guys that are good get minutes, or the guys that show well in practice get minutes. And on top of that, it's we're going to play a different style depending on who comes into our field or, you know, who we go out and face. I think those are interesting concepts, and I'm, I'm, I've kind of been waiting for a team to do that just because there's such a, a difference in teams where the old guard is very, you know, kind of, um, I'll, I'll be polite and say two-dimensional and, and sort of play long balls and bunker mm-hmm. in. And then you have the MLS2 teams where, you know, to prepare for them, you really have to study a system of play. Um, yeah. And I, I think Coach Brandt in Pittsburgh is a student of the game, if nothing else. Um, and he kind of enjoys, you know, seeing what kind of lineup he can put out and seeing if those guys are, are adjusted to that. That's um, a huge. I th- that's really big. I want to talk about that for a second, just because sure. I've I've heard rumblings about maybe the meritocracy being one of the reasons um, yep. that St. Louis has been so weak this year because you know, we've rotated guys in and out, and I think maybe a lot of that isn't just injuries. It's rotating guys who look really good in practice in, and while the tactics reflect who we play and Precky's changed it around a lot, it's been fun mm-hmm. to watch, mm-hmm. but should those guys play when right. they've if been amazing in practice but they're not meant for that game per well, se? and – I think our, our friends since soccer talk can talk about that a little bit because when they were having some struggles at the beginning of the year, they said it kind of felt the same way where it's, you know, okay, these guys are playing really well in practice, but you know, is part of the problem that those spot battles in practice are, are, are transitioning into games. And that gets, gets to be a little, a little hectic because you only have three subs. So what are you, what are you going to do? Anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's something that's been creeping in more and more in conversations with everyone, I think. Yep. And so I yep. really I hope if, if anyone writes in and you have a local team that you think is or isn't a meritocracy, I'd seriously like to hear what mm-hmm. you think about that on Twitter. For sure, or whatever. For sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting to go with the meritocracy and you definitely just give starting roles to who deserves it more rather than just if you've been in that role a longer time, you'll just stay there because of experience. I think it's interesting, though, who's styling a play after or basically your opponent, but that's more, in my mind, that seems like they're more playing it on their other team's accord, that if the other team comes in and completely changes their game plan, Pittsburgh is just kind of screwed for that match because they scouted it after that other team mm. and just puts a lot of weight on. If that other team doesn't do yeah. what, they, what Pittsburgh was planning, it's kind of just falls apart at the scenes where, if, in my mind, I think it would 
it would work well if they play just their own style of football and let someone else try and disrupt that play. Let, let the game be played on your court. Charleston does that very well with doing their own possession tactics of just they don't want to play possession style ball and it works well for them. And if Pittsburgh played yep. more... Yep. Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bulls as well. If Pittsburgh just played more of yep. their own accord, their own style of play, I think it would work well for them. Yeah. Do you I, think they're rotating that? Because we went into Pittsburgh and, and beat them at their own game, and you know we haven't been that good. So I wonder if maybe the coach is still maybe exploring what their style of play should be that they should own and, and push for, because I don't know if possession was working well enough for them. Uh, maybe Romeo Parks has helped him with that, though. But. Yeah, well, yeah, so I mean, they're kind of in a weird Walsh spot, too, just two goals because on the year that's right after, Corey um, Herzog is probably one of the best pound-for-pound uh, goal right scorers in the league. Ma- or, um, Corey and Herzog then you have on the team. Herzog. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. I said something else. Um, but I think <laughs> Herzog's one of the best pound-for-pound goal scorers on the team. You have Romeo Parks is coming back, and he's looked good for them. And, you know, Siobhan Watson's kind of established himself. So... Right, Banjo wasn't bad when he came off the bench. So it's one of those things where they have too many guys. They're not really a club that likes to sell or that's in a position to sell maybe is is the better way to put that. (laughs) Um, Just given their relationship with with Columbus. And now New York City FC loaning guys into them. which is North Carolina FC loaned in a goalkeeper Um, as well, Macklin Robinson. Yeah. Um, That was need-based. Yeah, I I know Wilmington did that before. They're kind of in a weird spot. They're in a weird spot where they have a lot of guys currently right now that need minutes or that are looking to get minutes. And, and you know, you look at how they've had their success and how I think a lot of teams in the last couple of years in USL, like Red Bull last year, um, you know, Cincinnati to a, to a point last year, um, you know, teams like Charlotte and Bethlehem this year who've had success, they play their game and they go, okay, if you want to prepare for us, go for it but you have to show us that you can actually beat us when we play our style of football. And Pittsburgh, I think, have kind of gotten away from that, like you were saying, Ryan, and maybe that's maybe kind of the, like, entry level, like the 101 class on why things aren't going as well as they maybe should be for the Riverhounds. I mean, it's also 16 matches into the season, and I think now it's beginning to be a bit late to start experimenting with stuff. I mean, granted, they are only two spots out of a playoff place and two points behind yep. FC Cincinnati who currently sit in eighth but again I think by now the good teams have already figured out how they want to play and the teams fighting for playoff spots should be at least starting to build towards October and eventually a playoff run sure sure yeah, something to keep an eye on. They they maybe they just tried it and it worked, and then they tried it again. And they're like, okay, done with that. Let's go back to normal. I could see that happening for sure. It's true. Phil, um, hate to make you do this, but um, you and Rochester with a lovely nil nil draw. Yeah, definitely a draw that that felt like a loss, hundred percent. And mm. uh, the team didn't look good. They looked just like usual, which has been terrible, uh, not creating chances. So. There's not much else to say about it, honestly. Ryan, <laughs> um, I'm looking at the show notes and see you've you've yeah, put down some stats that um, I think are hilarious, but I would love for you to explain. <laughs> yeah, that. so basically it's been 357 minutes since a goal was last recorded for St. Louis, but given that it was Ken Tribbett scoring an own goal from Bethlehem, that was the last score. 
You're welcome. Or I, it's actually been 401 minutes since St. Louis has actually scored a goal on their own. And I took the liberty of just going through everything where uh, a person could do in 401 minutes, give or take, or a few, instead of watching St. Louis not score a goal. So mm-hmm. I'll just like share some of the best ones. Uh, Phil, you please you could fly to Wilmington, beat me up for putting this in the show notes, and fly back all in the, <laughs> the same time of around 410. See, can I can I interject myself? That depends on how I'm going if the sh- forceful Phil is. I'm going if the at beating you up. Are are you gonna meet him at the airport so he can beat you up? I'm very confused. That sounds like a very bad deal for you. Why are you willingly putting yourself through this? I don't know. I don't know. Gunning it from St. Louis to Charlotte. Like also, Phil feet. doesn't strike me as a very violent man. You know, um, you just got to get me angry. But here you are talking about my team. We're only one in, so so far, like I'm not that mad. But right, I see right. like but 10 like once we get to the here, end, pal. like we're gonna really <laughs> see a different just think side about, of Phil. Maybe just think about how many of these you want to read. I don't know how you feel about me when I'm angry. Man. So we'll see, see, but he's so wavy, though, guys. He's I'm so wavy. wavy. He's Yo. so wavy. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, let's keep Ryan, it going, man. It. Tell me what's yeah, the yeah, next please. one because this is good so far. You've watched nearly the entire original trilogy of Star Wars, episodes four, five, and six. Which, if you want to continue on with watching a trilogy of films, you could do Harry Potter, or Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and most of the Prisoner of Azkaban. Same thing with Lord of the Rings, if you want to go through mm, extended mm. edition and then theatrical version of The Two Towers and Fellowship of the Ring, extended edition. <laughs> you even mixed up the extended and theatrical. <laughs> I had to make, yeah, I had to make that one work, it's really good. work as well for anything else. If you want it, you could watch 18 episodes of the TV sitcom Friends and then see the cold opening of the 19th episode. I love that so much. <laughs> I love that. Watch the cold open of one episode and you're there. <laughs> That's my favorite. Well, I mean, with Family Guy, you don't have to watch the first five minutes of an episode. You'll still understand it. That's true. You can make 200 and a half bowls of ramen noodles, each lasting two minutes. Listen to... You know, that's one That's one for everybody. You know, everyone can afford ramen. You know, It's true. Everyone can it's enjoy true. some ramen. Listen so. to yep. Queens. We're really hit. trying to hit our, our, our target... <laughs> demo of college students on listen to casting Queen's a wide hit net. song we yep. will rock you 198 times or approximately the amount of times they played it at college football games ouch now what i want to know is how many actual we will rock you's would that be because that sounds like way too many you know what i mean because like they say that at least like we'll call it 20 times in the song so like that's well there's a good that's there's a guitar solo i love freddie mercury don't get me wrong but, like, the that's, song. that's the best it's true. Joey Chestnut, who ate, se- right. who I mentioned at the start of the episode, ate 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes on Tuesday, yep. would eat 2,887 complete hot dogs in 401 minutes if he kept up that same pace. <laughs> I-, I can't imagine that. So good. Freaks me out, man. <laughs> you can watch 60%. Surely those aren't ballparks. Or nearly eight episodes of season one of House of Cards. You could play 33 different matches on FIFA 17 if the length of the half was set to six minutes, which that's how I play it, and continue to lose. Yeah, yeah again, that's our target audience right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. You could. Uh, yeah. What's more impressive is I want. I always compare stuff to the longest running TV show of all time, or at least of currently running, The Simpsons. You would, if you watched yeah. these 401 yeah. minutes, which would come out to currently six hours and 41 minutes, that would only be three percent of the entire Simpsons runtime. 
of 28 I, I love seasons. that you had to find, like, percentage of the entirety of the show because you couldn't, even that, like, Even that's a guesstimate it. because not all the shit... Because that was just averaging... Like a quantifiable... Yeah, that was averaging all the shows would be, like, 22 minutes long, where some go on a bit longer, some are a mm. bit shorter, just depending on budget, time. And then finally... You can watch Marvel's newest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I, in fact, did tonight on opening night. Mm. Three times, including post-credit scenes that get you to a cool yeah. 399 minutes. It's good stuff, Ryan. All the things we this could be doing does. with our time. You like, know, we unfortunately, didn't prompt him to do this. Unfortunately, none of these are useful. Like, not one of these is like, oh, I'm a driven mm. person that likes to get a lot, th- a lot of things done. No, this is all like, <laughs> let's go waste our lives away for 401 minutes, uh, which is actually what St. Louis is doing during games. So maybe I, it's appropriate. I, <laughs> I, I hoped you were going to say that so that I didn't have to in yeah. my life. Self-deprecation is so always better than other isn't people it? doing it for you. No, yeah. it, it was really funny. Is. I was typing up all these stuff last night when the St. Louis Rochester match was still going on. And I was, Phil, I hate to say this, I was praying that St. Louis wouldn't score a goal in that match so that it would completely, <laughs> so that it oh, wouldn't no. completely eliminate you all my work. And I was like, yeah. if I would have saw one goal, like if Christian Veleski would have scored in the 90th minute, and I would have been like, oh, really? And I would have had to delete all this hard work. <laughs> well, let me tell you, St. Louis fans are very aware of this. I swear, I went to go get my halftime beer, and at least two people told me that it's been over 400 minutes since our last goal. So, um, you know, unfortunately, St. Louis fans know this all too well this year. Um, but, you know, they weren't thinking about it as, as, as uh, fun <laughs> as you were for some reason. <laughs> mm, mm, I wonder why. Um, and, and then currently, actually, as we're recording, um, Tampa – still 2-0 up on Cincinnati, um, which would be an interest. or excuse me, I got that backwards, I apologize. Cincinnati, 2-0 two no, two up Tampa on Tampa is up 2-0 uh, over Cincinnati, currently in the 8th. Yeah, All right, I did, it, I did it wrong three. again, I'm sorry. The Rowdies are at home, they're winning the game 2-0. Um, Martin Patterson, who actually just had to get subbed out not too long ago, and, and Joe Cole with the goals in that one, um, we'll, we'll recap that in full next week. Um, that being said, we're going to, we're going to try something here. Uh, just because, you know, we, uh, unlike St. Louis and scoring goals, we value your time. Um, and and we, we do thank you guys for listening, but we're going to, we're going to do a little thing where, um, Phil and I will kind of talk about uh, our games respectively for Bethlehem and and St. Louis, but we're also going to pick a game of the week, uh, which is just one that, you know, uh, we're kind of looking forward to. Um, you know, we'll call it the games to watch maybe. Um, so that being said, Ryan, you can, uh, you can kick us off. These are for, for, uh, for week 16. Awesome. Since I wrote the show notes, I got my first call of matches and I picked the obvious one of the Charleston battery. He number one in the Eastern conference going up against number two in the Eastern conference, Louisville city. This should be another really exciting match. There were eight goals in the last one in a four, four draw. Oh, I mean, Charleston with a plus 18 goal differential, Louisville with plus 10. I mean, Louisville four wins in their last five, Charleston unbeaten in their last five with three wins. I just think this is going to be a very exciting match, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's another high-scoring affair that ends in a draw, like 3-3 or so. Mm, interesting. I don't, I'm going to say I don't think that's going to happen, but... Um... 
man, it would be fun to watch, especially with those two teams seeing a lot mm, of scoring mm, like that. Mm. Phil, care to care to wager? Oh, oh, sorry, we're we're all no, still uh, guessing. No, I think yeah. I, I think I will say I'm gonna say two, one Louisville or uh, Charleston. Bastard. I mean Charleston. Oh my Charleston. God, you're awful. Not Louisville. Oh, you're awful. Not Louisville. It's not gonna be. I, I, just, I sincerely don't think it's gonna be high scoring. So here's the thing, right? Last week we talked about a game between Tampa Bay, or no, not at all, between Toronto and um, and Harrisburg, and we said that it was going to be a really terrible game uh, where no one scored, and then we forgot that neither team fields a competent <laughs> defense, so like, of course they're going to score. Um, without Romario Williams, I think this game is a little True. bit different, um, which you know, figure out a running theme this week for the podcast and as it relates to Charleston. Um, I, I do think they score. I, I think they score twice, but I, I do also think that Louisville scored twice because Brian mm-hmm. Ownby is kind of hot right now um, on the field when he plays. <laughs> uh, so uh, so it'll be a it'll be a two two draw, but it'll be an entertaining one. I like that. Thank you, thank you, um, gentlemen. I I picked a match that I was actually openly scoffed at when I announced before we started that I that I picked it. Uh, By however. Me. By you, well, by, by both of you, for honest. More by Phil. Um, I think Ryan was just a little nicer. More by Phil. Um, something about being born in, in, in Ohio. <laughs> Great, thanks. Uh, I picked the Battle of Ontario, uh, which is Toronto FC2 versus the Ottawa Fury. Oh, Canada. Um, yeah, oh, Canada. It's a trash game on paper, but, like, guys, remember the last time we predicted a trash game on paper involving Toronto FC2? It was amazing. Goals, goals, goals. Goals, goals, goals. And you know who likes to score goals? Me when I when I do kickabouts. Also, Steven Dos Santos. Yeah. Um, and I think he has a pretty good chance to score a bunch of goals. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, with that's not what I wanted to do. I'm going to go with, uh, with Toronto 1. Eh, yeah, we'll give Toronto 1. And uh, Ottawa gets 3. Uh, I'm going to say, um, two to one or one to two, rather Ottawa. I think Ottawa will come out, but I don't, they're just not, I don't think they got the personnel to score a bunch. Right on. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. Fair enough. Ryan. I'll say it's, it'll be two nil Ottawa, Steven DeSantis with the brace, but Mm. I think if anything, that was basically Toronto playing a Harrisburg defense, not playing an Ottawa defense. I mean. That was mm, both Harrisburg yeah. and Toronto's highest scoring match of their respective seasons, obviously, and that's obviously not indicative of what the rest of the fixtures. If they kept playing each other over and over, they'd make it more high scoring. But I still feel like Ottawa is the stronger team here, sit, currently sitting in ninth, so they win this one. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, so the the team, the game I picked, I was just looking for, you know, I think someone had to pick Louisville-Charleston, so Ryan got that one for us. Evan decided to be the outlier and pick the Canadian teams playing each other. Um, and I was Love just me some Canada. For, Listen, it's just because I'm going to be there in a couple weeks. I got to represent, you know. I like that, actually. Um, but, you, you know, I, I was just looking for a game that might be close. I didn't I didn't necessarily want to pick a team where it was, like, going to be really exciting because I think one might beat the other, and there's a lot of those this week, I think. Um, <laughs> okay. With the exception of Bethlehem, and I didn't want to touch Bethlehem when Evan's right here talking and listening. You, I, so. Hey, there's enough to go around. 
There is. There's plenty. But I just like the bandwagon the way is, Pittsburgh. is is roomy, friend. <laughs> I just like the way Pittsburgh and Orlando looked because Orlando, ever since we played them, I've kind of been a fan of, of the way they play. And uh, Pittsburgh is just – I follow them more because I listen to Mongols and um, – they are an interesting team, and I think the story yeah. here is, like, which version of these teams are we going to see? Yep. You know, are we going to see a lot of MLS guys down like uh, St. Louis saw? I don't think we will. Um, and then Orlando can be up and down um, playing. You know, the Orlando B can be up and down. So which Orlando are we going to see and which Pittsburgh are we going to see, not only with what style of play but with this backup goalkeeper Mongols was really disappointed with how the team looked. They felt like they Mm -hmm. looked kind of lost. So um, I'm going to give a shout. Um, I think it's going to be Orlando 2-1 because I think Pittsburgh's still trying to figure themselves back out. But I'm going to guess they're going to go back to playing normal again. They'll still maybe lose away but keep it closer than maybe otherwise. Yeah, I'll have to side with you on that Ryan, one with Orlando. Yeah, I, I see. I'm, I'm going to deflect to you because I can't actually figure out what I want to predict yet for a scoreline. So. Oh, and that's the point. I mean, it's going to be close, I think. These teams yeah. are pretty equal. And by the way, that one's um, which one's which? I think Pittsburgh is in 10th and Orlando's in 11th, 19 and 20 yep. points. So they're, they're, they're tight. A win for one or the other is going to skyrocket them probably into playoff position more than likely. Close to it for sure. I would definitely set back Orlando on this one. I think they – now I'm not going to say both teams are completely figured out, but I think they have it more figured out than Pittsburgh does at the moment. Mm. And Orlando, well, Orlando's roster has been the most fluid MLS 2 roster in the Eastern Conference thus far and a number of players fielded that switched between the first and second team. And I feel like they have at least their set amount of play already set up. They know what players belong to each role. Oral Edwards Jr. is terrific in goal. Well, I just feel like they're a decent side. They are unbeaten at home in their past two matches, both 1-1 draws against Cincinnati and Rochester, two teams that currently occupy playoff spots. I just think the club's in yeah. a better position. As of right now, I will say it will be 1-0 Orlando. So... um Phil, you put down a second bullet point under your, your kind of, you know, here's why I want to watch this. But it's it's which team will we see? And I, I know you kind of meant that regarding both teams, and you talked about it a little bit. But um, I, I think it depends on what Pittsburgh team we see here in terms of how this game shakes out. If we see the, the kind of classic Pittsburgh team that, that you and I both like a lot and, and think that they're, you know, pretty dangerous and, and can surprise a lot of the MLS two teams and, and, you know, even like a Cincinnati or a Tampa Bay, which we saw them do. Um, then they, they win this um, kind of handedly in like a two one. Um, but if we see kind of this weird, like new age uh, progressive rock experimental Pittsburgh Riverhounds <laughs> team, um, it could get a little ugly for them. Um, that being said, I, I, I think I'll be uh, I'll stick my neck out a little bit for Coach Brandt and say that he's going to stick with what he knows works and, and they're going to kind of revert back to form. Um, and I, I like I like Corey Herzog to kind of get off the block if he starts or is on the bench, and then I like Siobhan Watson to get a goal. So I'll go with uh, with the with a, a two to one Pittsburgh win here. That's good. Trend. That's a nice spread. Thank you. Could be anything. It's good. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll talk about um, 
New York and, and Bethlehem a little bit because this is always a, an interesting matchup between the two teams that are uh, organizational rivals at, pretty much at every level. Um, and it's it's funny because it's about planning for a, a system more than planning for players because with both these teams there's a lot of movement. Um, that being said, you know, Bethlehem gets to try to complete a season series against another team that they haven't done that yet. Um, against in Red Bull, um, and you know, take a take a season series against a, a rival for sure. Um, you know, no no Corey Burke, uh, Seiko Kone is a, a maybe. He's got a minor injury that they're quote monitoring, um, but I didn't really get an answer either way in terms of if, if he can go or not. Um, so yeah, no no Burke for Steele, but they uh, they have obviously Chris Nanko and, and Santi Moore out there on the wing too who can come in and, and provide a different look. So um, curious to get your guys your guys predictions on this one for sure. Hmm, you know yeah. what? I hadn't thought of Ryan. Why don't you go first if you don't mind, buddy? Sorry. <laughs> this is a tough one. I mean, you have Bethlehem it is, being isn't it? fifth in the East right now. New York just a spot behind them in six. Bethlehem currently hold the two-point advantage. I think the big key to this one is basically, again, like which New York team we see coming out. Is it the one that lost f- by five goals to Charlotte? Or sorry, lost by four goals to Charlotte? Or is it their MLS team or that was like le- that was league champs last year? They are the only team in the Eastern yep. Conference right now with a negative goal differential currently occupying a playoff spot, which I think is kind of big right I mean, FC Cincinnati has yeah. zero as their goal differential, but beside the point. Yeah, I still think Bethlehem can potentially complete the season sweep here. I'll decide with 1-1. A draw of some sort, but 1-1 will be my score pick. Fair enough. Okay, so thank you for that because you bought me the perfect amount of time. <laughs> um, I, I'm feeling Bethlehem steal only because, you know, watching Red Bull the other day on Saturday – um i they didn't look good at home um Mm -hmm. st louis looked like the better team especially at the end i thought they were going to steal one from them and it didn't happen um and so bethlehem's been doing so well lately um on top of that red bull when they came to st louis early in the season i thought they were really nice attacking team we the st louis stole one at the end but Attacking, they looked really good, uh, but the other day, not so good. It, I didn't, I wasn't all that impressed. They got their chances, but nothing flashy, nothing super special. So I think I'll go Bethlehem Steel three to one, just, just by way of just, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just by keeping the winning streak going, momentum. Sure, they are in their longest um, unbeaten streak I, in club history. Yeah, we are. It's nice. Six. It's good. It's it feels great. Um, I, I think we keep the unbeaten streak going seven. to cop out in a in a to seven. Um, I I think there's a there's a couple question marks. Um, first of all, you know who do we bring up from the academy or who gets sent to us from the first team to to fill the center back position um, with Hugh Roberts out for a game, um, and then you know who slots in up top at at, at uh, well no sorry who slots in out wide at striker. Um, sorry, no, out wide at, at, at right mid. There we go. Third time's a charm. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest question mark for me is, do we get Adam Niem from the first team? Because last time out against Red Bull, he played like a man possessed. Uh, 
chip the keeper for his first goal, which was disrespectful enough. And then for a second, he kind of, you know, lofted one over the top for Santi Moore, who hit it with the outside of his right foot and uh, chipped the keeper again. So um, Adam Niem does does not like Red Bull. Uh, and if, if we see him, I, I think he has a huge impact again on the match. Um, also, on top of that, we're a decently hard team to beat at home for whatever reason. Um, especially, you know, the, the later it gets into the season, we seem to click a little bit now. Um, so I, I, I think, I don't, I think three is a little high. Um, I, I think I'll go two to one though. Uh, I think Brendan Allen gets one on us just because I, I like to make fun of him for only scoring penalty kicks and he'll prove me wrong and put something in the back of the net, but <laughs> Bethlehem's eight uh, home matches this year, three of them have ended in defeat and that was Rochester, Charleston and Orlando city. Yep. B. Orlando and Charleston were the only yep. ones to shut you yep. guys out. Yep. At home. Yeah. Early on to those three matches. So mm-hmm. at home, yeah. Is hey, fighting uh, spirit. The fighting fighting spirit, indeed. Daisu Daisu. Mm-hmm. Um now we're moving on to, to probably my favorite part, just because it's people asking us questions, so we don't have to come up with any content. <laughs> it's great. Uh no, this is uh, this is a cool thing. I put out a couple times this week that we were, you know, recording uh, Thursday night and that you guys should ask us questions. Some of you obliged. Um, so we'll, we'll start, uh, with, with Mo, um, at QAR Capo on Twitter. Um, and he, he asked a a really good question, um, and one that we've kind of touched on a little bit, but now we can just kind of full bore get into it. Uh, so two things, uh, how will the battery be without Mario Williams for the month of July? That's at least, um, and then also, can he still win the golden boot? Um, so I think. To answer the can you still win the golden boot question uh, easily, yes. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I, I know he's going to miss a month and, and probably closer to a month and a half, two months, just because of you know Jamaica showing well in the last Gold Cup, and I think they have a decently easy path to, to get back to the semis, um, even though they're going to finish second in their group behind Mexico probably. Yeah. Uh, that being said, you know, Williams scores – so often his volume is crazy and and uh, you know he gets set up by his teammates so well that i think he's still you know the favorite for the golden boot for sure um how are they going to look without him uh charleston didn't have any problems beating bethlehem in charleston without romario williams who was out with the with an illness um I don't think they're going to score as much, but I still think they'll be fine. Um, you know, it's not like they don't have Forrest Lasso or, or Brian Chang or a couple mm. of those guys. So, um, yeah, Williams is the cog that makes the whole thing work and is the you know the the, the crown jewel of the empire, so to speak. But they'll be uh, they'll be doing okay without him, I think. Really. Yeah. And the, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna push back on you with that sure. Golden Boot thing. I don't Go think he's. It. I think it's gone. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Dan Kelly's going to run away with it because mm. he didn't get a call up which is, I think, a interesting conversation in itself. A little weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what does that mean? Do you think Dane Kelly's just a USL, MLS kind of guy, and he's not good outside of that? And maybe another question is, is Romario Williams not that guy? Is he actually good? Just <laughs> is he Dramatic Zoom think. actually good? Right. Uh, no, so Dane Kelly's what? He's in the American pool? No, he's Jamaican. Jamaican pool? Yeah. Um... Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I just looked it up. He wasn't called up. I, I had to make sure before yeah. I asked that question. No, it's totally fine. It's just weird to me. Uh, 
I, well, and we'll look at it this way. I think the the style of play that, that Romario and even Corey now that he's moved out wide for his club, which is where his country plays him, I think those two guys are in systems with their club that are, that are similar to Jamaica. Um, so it's a little bit more of a natural, well, we'll bring them up because there's not a lot of acclimation either way. Um, I, for Dane Kelly, I think part of it is that he's exploded really quickly. Hmm. Um, so he's, he's still maybe in the, in the Jamaican, you know, football federation's mind a little bit unproven, um, you know, especially playing in, in kind of the weaker conference in, in USL in the West, um, but, you know, and then from there, Romario Williams is clearly the starter for Jamaica. And if he's not, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I guess. But I wonder, I wonder if, you know, if, if Kelly doesn't have a, a spot there just because there's not enough room. I think actually I'm thinking right now that maybe we would have our answer if we could just talk to some scouts. Because obviously Romario Williams, people sure. in MLS want him now. You know, he's, right. he's on the Atlanta United roster. Well, he's an extra So goalie. Dan Kelly has gotten zero looks as far as I know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Coley, right. Is is he Jamaican? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I don't think so. Oh, sorry. I just made that assumption. No, you're good, you're good. I'll uh, I'll I'll figure it out. Ryan, talk to me. What do you what do you got about I Mario? think Romario is a fantastic player, obviously one of the best in the Eastern Conference this year. I mean with fourteen goals on the year battery have thirty six in total. They would still have twenty two goals and they would be tenth in the league in goals, tied with Swill Park. And in the East, they would be third only behind New York and Charlotte, but ahead of Louisville. In fact, they'd still be ahead of, they still are currently ahead of Louisville by six points on the table. So I think through July, they can be just fine without him, especially if Charleston were to go up nine points over Louisville with a win this weekend. So I think as a team, they'll be just fine. As far as the Golden Boot, I think it is still possible that Romario Williams could potentially win it this year. It all depends on what Dan Kelly and, to a lesser extent, Chandler Hoffman does out in, out in the Western Conference. If Reno keeps having these nine-goal matches and Real Monarchs keep dominating the top of the league, then I think it will mm-hmm. come down to the two former Eastern Conference strikers battling it out in the West. But if both seem to go through cold streaks, it's not a foregone conclusion that Romario Williams could insert himself back into the Golden Boot race. He still currently leads it by a goal over Dane Kelly. Yeah. And uh, Phil, to answer your question, uh, Ugo has uh, six appearances for the USU 18s and was born in Washington State, so he is uh, American through and through. Oh, I s- okay. My bad. <laughs> oh, no, you're talking about a, co- a Coley. Right? A Coley, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know they call him o- Ugo. Ask about him on his Twitter at Ask About Ugo. See free Twitter promotion yeah. for Sean Nicoli. <laughs> um, anyway, Phil, I guess you know how you feeling about the battery without Williams. I guess we've kind of yeah. heard your predictions about the Golden Boot, but you know how is Charleston going to do without him there? I had one more thought, and I definitely agree sure. with Ryan. I I think Charleston's still going to be fine. I think I was kind of picturing in my mind, like, what do you think? Let's take Charleston Battery's um, system with just a classic number nine who scores an average amount of goals, let's say, either every other game or every three uh-huh. games, something like that, someone like Valeski, let's say. Um, let's, 
what do you think Williams does above that, uh, above the average striker in that system? I'm thinking maybe like 15% more goals just from talent, you know, base alone where he's scoring a few more because he's that good. I I think Um, so to me, that's it. And I think we've seen this a little bit with some other guys in the league that are banging him in a little more reliably. Um, Seiko Kone pops into mind, obviously, but that's because, you know, he's a Bethlehem guy. Um, but there's a couple other strikers, too. I think Williams' long shots are just so good, um, yeah. and he seems to be able to, to absolutely pound the ball um, from outside the box at angles that goalies either, you know, have trouble picking up on or just can't get to. Um that and I think his his work ethic is just extremely high um, on both ends of the ball, um, which I, I think is part of the reason why there's a lot of clubs in MLS that would love to have him, um, Atlanta United included, which they don't need a striker at all right now. But uh, you know, for for a guy that frame, that height, you know, that athleticism, um, power, you know, he he's your prototypical striker. Um, you know, everything you'd want out of a forward on paper, you'd get with uh, Romario. And I, I think that's a big reason um, why he gets a lot of the attention, maybe as opposed to Dane Kelly, but also that's, you know, his work rate, and he really uses it to his advantage. Yep. I'm going to lead that, that hype train, Romario in, Kenwin out. I'm going to keep okay. chugging along. Wow. <laughs> the best Trinidad and Tobago uh, player of all time there kenwin jones yeah mm-hmm. i mean romario is still the best player to charleston when phil when you're speaking talking about well, basically a replacement that reminded me of a stat with baseball just war wins above replacement and which i <laughs> wish there was something yeah, yeah. like that more for soccer it's never been officially designated oh or the ones i've seen hasn't well that'd be crazy as well but can you imagine that would make me can you so imagine sad, it would be really sad, but it's like probably... Like, Hugh Roberts wins above replacement over Mickey Daly. Yeah. Like, that's... I need to but, see it. Like, just one oh, telling thing... Can you thing. imagine the conversations? That's what I'm yeah. thinking. I mean, just one telling thing with Mario Williams. He has 14 goals to 15 appearances, averaging .93 goals per appearance. Second place in the team, Forrest Lasso, has 6 goals in 14 appearances, which averages .42. So, this is over a half a goal difference between the two so this is nearly scoring a goal every single match that he plays so he is most definitely an important part of this team yeah but but if someone else was starting in his place for all of those games how far behind that stat would that person be maybe not up Mm -hmm. to half a point per game but but I still think it'd be like 15-20% lower I don't know he is responsible for I think we'll find out I'm really excited Yeah. yeah, who's their ba- who's their backup to him? That's what we need to find out. We need to talk to a Charleston guy. It's we do. usually uh, Tula Guerrera, who currently has four. He starts up top beside him. Um, Dante Marini scored two, but he's more of I think a midfielder. You have Hevio Cordoves, who came on for Romario Williams in the last match and scored a goal like immediately after mm-hmm. his substitution. So I think we'll be seeing a lot of him. Mm. Katario Higashi also starts up top as well. Johnny Ace, don't be a stranger. I know you're out there. Black and yellow post, man. So uh, let us let us know. Let us know how you think they're going to do because that's your club uh, without Romario Williams. Um, also one of my favorite people to talk to. It's been a while. Um, anyway, uh, Harry has our, has our other question. Um, 
I can't read his. I'm gonna have to find his Twitter username off the off the notifications just because I can't quite make it out. That being said, uh, his question: uh, No one expected hashtag Hair versus Tor to be USL Game of the Week. Talking about the Harrisburg game. Uh, that yeah, is, we got that wrong. It's, well, it's not a question; it's a statement. But it is it is dead on. Um, I don't know. Again, I think, you know, I said it a little bit earlier, but it's one of those things where we didn't factor in neither team had a defense, so basically any chance was going to go in. Um, but a, but an uncharacteristically sloppy game from Brandon Miller, actually, uh, the Harrisburg keeper. Um, so there is that. There is that. I actually still, even with sloppy defense, I didn't expect the Toronto offense to pull it together that well. Mm-hmm. So. No matter what, I think I'm still a little surprised, but that's a really good point, Harry. That's unexpected. Yeah. Yep. Um, Ryan, you got anything to add that hasn't been said? Or that Romario Williams still on? has more goals than Los Dos, St. Louis, Portland, Richmond, and Toronto. Is that like the eleventh bullet point? Do you want to split? You want to put that into like a four hundred and one minutes? See, if but Romario but Phil, Williams was on the field. He Phil, at least he listed like twenty teams because Romario Williams has more goals than like half so of true. the entire USL. So so true. It's not, it's not just, just you guys. It's you know. Listen, I got I got uh, I got a chip on my shoulder about it now. I, I understand, man. Coming after you. Listen, I I know your pain. ILM. Bethlehem only needed like one point in the last three months of the season to make the playoffs last year and just couldn't get it. So yeah. I, I got you. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the, the question, Harry. I know you're super active all the time on our Twitter and I really appreciate it. Thank um, you. Which is funny because he has a San Antonio FC magnet as his Twitter uh, picture. Um, but you know, he'll, 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 he fucks with the, the Eastern conference as the kids say um, at Ram and Cole on, on Twitter, R A M I N C O L. Um, probably, you know, worth a follow. Definitely worth a follow. Everyone that likes us, worth a follow. I know a lot of you guys are we're hanging out and, and asking us some questions. Um, hey, but but we'll uh, we'll wrap up um, right quick. And um, in honor of of J Ting Walker at J Ting J A Y T I N G Walker W A L K E R, um, who wanted us to stop dragging the where you can find us section on 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 forever <laughs> because he doesn't want to hear about the uh, the Wilmington Airport code. <laughs> Um, Ryan, uh, I'll, I'll throw to you succinctly, if you wouldn't mind, because he does know that the airport code for Wilmington is ILM now off the top of his head. So we, we've, we've accomplished our mission gentlemen. It only took 20 <laughs> episodes. Um, you know, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? All that, all that good stuff. Maybe throw in another interesting fact about you. Maybe that I can play on for 10 episodes <laughs> or so. Just take the Wellington Airport code, add an underscore, and then my name after it, and that is my Twitter handle and what Shit. you can add on for there you go. Indominal City South yeah. and Josh Hikau for writing about the Eastern Conference stats. <laughs> Damn. I, I see, you know, I, I, I'm seeing the fruits of my labor pay off where Ryan gets to, to backhandedly put it in there <laughs> for me. Um, Phil... Um, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to send you like virtual hugs for your team not knowing how to score goals? Or, or other if I want to send Ken Tribbett your way to try to score four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll oh, take yeah, all yeah, the yeah, 401 yeah. minute suggestions. Yeah, you, that would be a yeah. really funny contest of some sort if we actually that, had something. That would to be give really away. good. Yeah, yeah. but um, no, find me at stlsoccerreport at uh, gmail.com, stlsoccerreport on Twitter. It's the easiest thing. Right on. Um, Guys, you can find uh, this podcast 
itself. There's 117 of you at the time of me saying this, so that's crazy. Thank you. I didn't think 10 people would listen to this that weren't, you know, either um, either my boyfriend or, or my mom, so that's great. Um, but you can find us at ECCPod on Twitter. Please do. If you if you send us questions, we'll answer. Uh, I'm usually on there just because I have it linked into my other Twitter, which is at Valella, V as Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. See what I did there? I got them both. Um, but yeah, no, interact with us for sure. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We'll change it. Maybe not. You know, who knows? Only one way to find out, isn't there? Haha. Um, other than that, if you want to, you know, like not have to hear my voice, which I totally understand, but want to still listen to my opinions or read my opinions, uh, brotherly game where you can find me. I write about Bethlehem steel, some other things, um, hygiene, um, hi Matt. Um, who else is out there? John, Chris, all those guys. Um, you're awesome. I love you. Um, yeah, but, uh, but other than that, you know, if you want to listen to this podcast, pretty much first thing, as soon as it goes live, uh, bgn.fm is the place to do that. Uh, after that though, you know, give it a couple hours and it'll, it'll pop up on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, all those, all those good, uh, any services that you guys use to listen to podcasts for sure. Um, and while you're on bgn.fm, feel free to check out our other podcast. Phil does one about St. Louis specifically called St. Louis soccer report, which running theme there. Um, we got uh, Tampa Bay, you got Colorado Switchbacks are out there, you got uh, Rising is One for Phoenix Rising, um, who else? Mongols is the, is the, is the one that kind of kicked this whole thing off. Uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, Tampa Bay, I think I already got unused Oops. subs, but I love those guys a lot. Um, and, and really just, you know, oh, there's a ton Tulsa. of people. Tulsa Roughnecks. Roger, I'm sorry, Eric, man. Eric, I saw your name like eight yeah. times today, and I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I need to shout him out. So here it is. Raj uh, out there with the Roughnecks out in Tulsa. Um, quality guy. Does good work uh, out in the Western Conference side of things. Um, we're, we're rambling, and this is going long now, so I'm, I'm a little upset at myself. But that's how we do things here. Anyway, um, on behalf of the uh, the greatest thing that happened to the Carolinas since the Nature Boy, whoo, Ric Flair, Ryan Allen, and the, uh, the waviest man in St. Louis, Phil Grooms, because, you know, why drink PBR when you could drink Bush? Because it's so much wavier. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been, I don't know, Bethlehem's favorite son who doesn't live there, uh, Evan Valella, and this has been episode twenty-one. What the hell, Mike? Thanks for listening. Cool, cool.